Welcome to the Happy Paddling Podcast, where we talk all things paddling. Hey, what's happening? Hey, what's up, Ethan? Oh, um, frantically, uh, we're headed to Disneyland tonight. <laughs> oh, you're headed out tonight? Yeah. So, daughter's 10-year-old t- birthday is tomorrow, and they don't know at all. So we've been like, we're going to pick them up from school and pretend we had to go to the airport to get something and then spring it on them. So it's just like making sure we have everything buttoned up. Uh, You know, every trip that I do, I always have kind of like a little list going. And this one's like more intense than the whole truck and trailer, making sure we have it all. You add kids to the equation and it changes everything. Yeah. and, And just buttoning up business, too, so that I can try to be as present as I can. So. Last night I was in my warehouse, like I had to reconfigure my trailer because someone's going to get in there to borrow a bunch of boats for the pole pedal paddle race here in Bend. Uh-huh. And I had all these stand-up paddle boards in there. And so I was just quickly moving each one to the wall in the back right corner. And in the back left corner, I have my Northwind Solo black light carbon trim, like the same one that... Yeah, you- the new one. Yeah. The <laughs> Two weeks ago, I decided, you know, my original plan was like, this stays in the garage only for me. Like, finally, just a boat that only I paddle and it doesn't get beat up in demo. And then when I went to Alder Creek's event, I was like, you know, someone should see this thing. So I put it in the trailer and it got a little beat up, just scratched by other boats rubbing against it. You know, and so it's like hard to abuse a boat when it's not paddling, right? You know, it's just like schlepping and abuse that way. Um which happens. And then last night I had my Northwind solo vertical in the back left corner of my warehouse. And I had all these boards going in the back right corner and I had my headset on. I was listening to something and I set up that endurance SUP, you know, which is pretty heavy duty with this sharp displacement bow. And I set it up and I turned around, I started walking toward the trailer and I could just feel it moving. And I turned around and the thing like just pendulumed counterclockwise all the way across a 15 foot warehouse to crash bow first into the side of my Northwind solo black light. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. And it like, you know, that's a, that's a loaded impact with a sharp point and it definitely like kind of blew up the resin on one on the outside, like the skin coat fractured like five inches and compressed the Kevlar on the inside a little bit, totally repairable, but it's just like, ah, <laughs> right. You've got this boat. That's like your baby. You've, you know, you've special ordered it. You've had it custom made for you. And then something silly like that happens. Yeah. Not even paddling it. I think I've paddled it like three times and not put a scratch in it and then moving it around and storing it. I've like literally beat it up. So, so- I did the same thing. I don't, I don't know if you remember. I bought a used Magic. It was a 2003. Uh, it was a Starlight layup, but it had gel coat, wood trim, and it was a Bell Magic. And uh, it, the guy had kept it immaculate since he bought it. It was like his baby. It came with all the accessories. It was literally perfect. I started in my warehouse, and same thing. I had a, It was a Jackson Karm RG. I remember being so pissed because it was a crappy plastic boat. I mean, not a crap, you know what I mean. Uh, and it just, same deal, fell, pendulum, just was in a weird spot, fell down, hit it on the rack. And it was in like a nice padded stored rack out of the way, and it still got a ding in it. And uh, it's the worst feeling. Well, it's just like, it's so classic us, just like too many boats. I saw what on Instagram that you had a warehouse topple, <laughs> like everything oh, toppled on you. The other we, call it a, we call it a boat a where... You know, sometimes they're all stood up just so, 
and ideally we strap them in so they don't do this. But, you know, on a busy Saturday when you've got one person running up to grab 12 boats in a day and they have to dig through 15 boats to get to the one they want. Um, yeah, they just don't get put away to, to spec. And yeah, I walked in and you could tell like the, the butts, uh, the bottom of the boats just sort of slid out and then one knocks another. And, and I think there was a total of like eight boats down in the middle of the hallway. I had, you know, I used to like bring in full containers of emotion kayaks. So they're all like eight to 12 feet and I'd bring in 130 at a time. And I didn't have the bays like you have in your warehouse where you have bars on either side. I literally just stacked them vertical like together. It was the best way to get as many in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And I was once in the back of there grabbing a boat and a boat avalanche happened. And like, I mean, I almost got buried. Like 30 boats came toppled down. And after that, I would always make sure I had my cell phone on me going back. <laughs> because <laughs> like Johnny, gonna see kayaks. <laughs> totally and sometimes i would open that door and like 40 or 50 of them would be toppled over uh yeah i mean the plastic wrap on those things is slick so once they yeah. start moving they all go you know what i found the best thing is is you take the uh, the you know the old eddy line boxes that are like honeycomb yep i line the whole floor of the warehouse with that uh, and then it's sort of like when you put the boat in, it sort of like locks it in place and holds it really well. Um, unfortunately, I, I ran out of that stuff and they switched boxes on me. So yeah, that stuff would compress a little bit and you'd kind of have like a little divot to hold the yeah. boat. That was nice. Yeah, we would. I've used the same thing except then when it comes apart, you have this weird like stranded cardboard mess, and then the mice like to live in that in your warehouse. So you got to watch that. True. That is true. <laughs> Where, warehouse problems. <laughs> anyway, man, you've been paddling at all. Yeah, not a little bit, but yeah, I've seen you out there totally like had two really quick paddles, which were really, um, really nice. Like, um, I think I mentioned to you the other day, I had just received returned from Alder Creek's paddle fest, which has that super long carry. And I think it was Monday night and my kid, my middle kid, nine years old, he's like super sporto Paxton and he just always needs to do something. I was so beat and tired. And like 4.30, he's like, Dad, let's go paddling. And, you know, you just, you can't say no to that. Right. Or, you know, Especially so. A kid that wants to go. I mean, you, you got yeah. to dad up at that point. I did. And I did. So I motivated quick. I grabbed his little 19-pound solo canoe. And I grabbed the Trillium Starlight that I had because um, it was handy. And threw him on the Subaru. And we just went downtown Bend and put in at this little, like, park. And. Uh, he paddled his boat and I had my five-year-old with me in my boat. We paddled upstream a little bit. Like there was a little wind and current. He was getting pushed around, but winning it kind of. So that was super cool. We went under this bridge and he had to like fight the current and stay away from the bridge pilings. I mean, it's very slow current, but still you wouldn't want to get jammed against it. Sure. That's a good baby step too, as you're teaching a kid, like it's not always flat water out there. So totally when we came back downstream under the bridge right as we're going under this breeze came and he's so light himself and the boat yeah, was so he's just a little feather in the wind yeah he got pushed against kind of like a bridge and it was super cool because you know what he did as the boat was about to hit the piling he just like held out the paddle with you know bending branches rock guard tip and like slammed his paddle against the bridge instead of the boat and pushed off it was like a oh, boy <laughs> yeah totally sacrifice the paddle yeah <laughs> It's a rep sample anyway. And then we paddled down to the Ben Brewing Company and like carried our boats up on the bank and climbed up the shore and went and had like burgers and corn dogs and then paddled home. And it was like all in two hours. Oh, um, man, that's the best. 
Yeah. That's, that's kind of like Ethan and I. We made we made Wednesday nights our kayak night. Um, you know, he wants to get involved in more activities as he gets older. And, you know, it's hard for me just with the line of work I'm in. In summertime, when everything's going on, like, I am the absolute busiest. Um, but he does really love to paddle. So I kind of pitch it to my wife, like, hey, maybe instead of doing taekwondo, he already likes to play his ukulele, takes lessons for that. I'm like, what if we just, like, literally – you know, had a time that Wednesday nights is our class. And instead of going to Taekwondo or something, he actually comes out in boats and uh, like, hell, we'll give it a shot. So we're, we're on three weeks of it now. And the progression and the excitement level uh, of him paddling is just awesome. It's so inspiring to see it and doing it consistently instead of like, you know, once here a month later, we do it again. I, and actually consciously working with him instead of it just being like a, a mess around trip. Like we're actually, okay, today we're going to go on low braces. Uh, his progression is going so fast. And just that one-on-one time with me, it's really been awesome, man. I saw his forward stroke on like an Instagram video, dude, he's driving and rotating. You should yeah. um, make like a forward stroke video with him. <laughs> yeah. I could be the instructor. I did I that with, like, over, man. I, I was in a, so I usually paddle a Sitka LT but for whatever reason, last week, uh, oh, the foot pedal hit, uh, the screw had popped out. It, just because it's down there, the rental fleet stuff gets beat up. And anyway, I was all bummed, so I threw that away. And I'm like, what else is down here? And uh, there happened to be a crescent light tackle, which is, it's a sit on top, but it's one of the better paddling sit on top. So anyway, we go out together, and we go for a paddle. And at the end of the day, when I shot that video, he was like, he was just feeling it. He was feeling strong. He was looking good. Everything was clicking. And uh, he's like, you want to race to the boat? house and i was like oh sure you know i was filming so we had a little bit of a head start I'm like you go ahead thinking oh i'll catch him halfway across the lake and i i gained on him a little bit but i was paddling for all i was worth and just completely expending myself and i couldn't catch the kid he beat me to the dock and you know for a kid to beat your dad and he's only nine but I, he was in an eddy line so it was a lot faster but like he beat his dad he legitimately beat me and i gave it everything i had he the the pride he had in his face was complete classic. Uh, just such a good dad moment. I mean, I think you posted something about just how you had been beat up that day in work, and then you went paddling. It changed everything. I was in the, you know, same thing happened to me the same day. It's so cool. Yeah, to hear your story, that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, I was, that was last uh, Wednesday. I was almost in tears that day. Just so much going on, and then so much going wrong. You ever have one of those days where you just cannot make your customers happy, or like, Things that are just completely out of your control come down on you, and then it happens to just happen at four times in one day. Uh, yeah, and I, I like so, you know, if if and when it does, I mean, it sounds like you might have had somebody that just what didn't have sympathy toward where you were coming from, or you know, uh, so you get a hard reaction like that. I mean, I can go to these demo days and have fifty stoked customers, and one person that just their experience wasn't met, and like I get it, it happens. These things get busy. And like they go off on somebody or you just sense their discomfort and I'll drive home thinking about that, you know? Yeah, it's, I know. Isn't that such a bummer? I think it's because we're so passionate about it and we know how to give a quality experience and we know how to like just top level service. And then when somebody doesn't get that or like doesn't get what we know we're capable of, it weighs on us. Whereas everyone else is like, of course you got that. That's what I'm about. But we got to remember, it's not a, it's not always, you can't make a hundred percent of people happy a hundred percent of the time. I mean, yeah, uh, the Northwest Paddle Fest I was at this weekend. I don't know. Did you see some photos from it? I tried to, like, 
video up. Yeah, of course. And I saw I saw Kurt Renner a bunch, which made me happy to see that guy still. You know, you guys were out paddling for yourselves a little bit, and that was uh that was awesome. That was the second paddle. I don't want to just I'm, I'm chatty this morning, but the second paddle I did. We set up that event on a Thursday. It's really hard to get into because the park doesn't allow us to drive onto the beach. Two years ago, Adam Webb, who was the Johnson rep at the time, mm-hmm. like backed up their main, backed up his trailer just off the beach onto their like they hadn't marked it to the park's fault, but it was their main like center sprinkler line housing hub. <laughs> and he ran over this thing, which was you know just ground level. You couldn't see it. But it blew a geyser under his truck. It sounded, I mean, it was like fire hose. And then he pulled out and the geyser was 40 or 50 feet in the air. Oh my gosh. Broke their whole thing. And the park rangers there, like it's a huge park in a very busy part of East Seattle. So they like these park rangers have to manage a lot. It's like managing a small city or something. And especially the way how busy it was over the weekend. But so they know they said we can no longer drive onto the beach. So we all have to like unload on this pavement. And it's kind of crazy. So we got there really early. Kurt and I were the first ones there. And we finished relatively early and we went for a paddle. Kurt and I in a canoe, which is always a hoot because he's like goes into immediate race mode. And I and was you're in- so not that way. <laughs> but, you know, when you're with him, you just jump in the back. Yeah. And you're like, all right, here we go. Pop, 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 switch. Yeah, pop, keep pop, up. Pop. <laughs> and then we and then behind us, um, Chris Greer, the Hobie rep out of Bend as well. He jumped in that new um, Hobie passport. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then Greg Whitaker, who's like the owner of Mount to Sound Outfitters and Elkai Kayaks, he jumped in a Sitka LT and we all went for like an hour and a half paddle. It That's was awesome. It was really fun. I pounded the lake, like did the wind and the waves and then went up this little like river slough that had a lot more like downed wood and snags from the big winter that they all had up there this winter. So yeah. we kind of had to like pull over a few logs and got this funny video because we were all moving pretty well and then it every time we got to a down log that was shallow drafted like the hobie rep i thought it was like how to, <laughs> it was like how to ditch a hobie um <laughs> <it was> pretty, <laughs> but he totally i mean that thing it, that thing did pretty well um it was um in the waves it definitely does have a low bow like he was it looks, uh, it looks like uh the flare is very tight on the bow and then it goes wide, but uh, I could see and kind of downturned. I could see that uh, potentially being a bit of a wet ride. But you know, there was like two foot, you know, three foot waves, not what it's for. And then right. up to little the creek, you know, he was in the total comfort ride. And we got to this dead end where all the snags had created no passable area, and like three um, blue herons go flying up. It was just, it was really cool, and it definitely uh, kind of good thing to do before. That, that's how you want to like start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to start off your weekend of paddling we're going to be talking paddle sports like started off with an awesome paddle with some of your buddies get everyone on the same page in the same mindset totally yep um what else is going on well i uh so i got to hang out with nick a little bit uh for those that don't know nick is ethan's business partner employee associate and did this guy this guy runs the country um but he he was able to spend a few days in northern california one day at my shop and we did an evening demo and then the next day, we he stayed at my house, got to catch up with him a bit, hear about his travels. And then the next day, we went up to Reading, and uh, we did a demo at the Reading store. And we did it at Whiskey Town Lake, which we talked about a little bit in our first podcast. Just got through those huge fires. And um, 
man, it was, it was inspiring. I had not been out there and paddled since the fires. And, um, we had a good crew. Nick put on a heck of a spread. Brian and the guys got the people out there and we had an awesome paddle that night. We probably had 40 people. And I would say we only had two Eddie line demos go out, Ethan, and everyone else there with the exception of two or three other kayaks was in Eddie lines. So the, the branding that you guys have up there, just the awareness uh, for Eddie line and, you know, for that touring customer is pretty impressive. But had many of those people been out on the lake since like, you know, this spring or what was that like first? I mean, how is the lake looking? What was that people's like attitude toward it all in the, the burn area? Yeah, um, it was a lot of the first time for a lot of folks. They have done the social paddle a, a few times, um, but for a lot of us, it was our first time back. And, you know, green is starting to come back. It's definitely, you know, mostly burnout. There are some spots on the southern shore that are still green, still have trees. But just to kind of be a part of the rebirth and to have that much life and, and positive energy back at the lake, you know, to see all these kayaks out there and, Man, you just got one of those classic Reading days where there was not a stitch of wind on the lake. It was sunny and warm. We were all swimming, rolling, you know, playing sponge tag. Uh, if you don't know what sponge tag is, basically you take your, your bailing sponge that you usually keep in your kayak, and then you get it soaking wet, and you can use your paddle to kind of pick it up and flip it at your friend. And we had, a, like, good, like, five sponges in play. Everyone was getting soaked a lot of new people it was their first time kayaking they were either really excited or like what the heck did i just get myself into these people are nuts and <laughs> we had a good time man my mom was out there it was kind of cool for her because it's a passing of a torch a little bit you know she's been running her shop there in reading for the past eight years and this is the first year that brian and i are kind of taking it over and to have us all on the water with all of her customers uh just a special night man that no one wanted to get off the water. We got off the water at sundown, and I don't think there was a single person there that was ready to get off. Um, awesome. It, it was magic, dude. There was a lot of a uh, lot of happy paddling going on that night. And did you have your youngest with you, like, or did she have him, or like I saw you guys out in the water? Oh yeah. So yeah, I brought my youngest with me, and he came out for the demo day. Just we didn't even expect him to really paddle. He, my dad was giving my mom a ride out there, and we were working out some car logistics. But he happened to be there, and I had his life jacket. So, uh, yeah, I I got him in his life jacket and said, hey, you want to paddle? And so far, he's only paddled with me. But he's been seeing all these pictures of his big brother out paddling. He's like, I want my own boat. That should <laughs> add Jackson's two. So he's like, okay, well, you want your own boat? Like, all right, we'll put you in this Rio and hand you a paddle and tow, you know, pull you around. No, dude, this kid took off. He just started <laughs> taking strokes. And I mean, it was awkward, it was clumsy, but the, like, when he wanted to stop, he leaned way the heck over and drug his paddle, like, at two. Uh, it was, it was awesome. And just his love for the water. You know, we towed him around for a little bit, splashed around, he got in kayaks with me. Uh, when we'd lean to do an inside edge turn, he would lean so hard that he would almost drag his ear in the water. That's awesome. <laughs> and then he just started swimming, and I have a picture of him holding on to my back toggle of my Sitka, and I was literally just pulling him in his life jacket through the water. <laughs> and I think out of all three of my kids, he is like the ultimate water baby uh, adventure kid. He's gonna be he's gonna be hard to handle. It's a serious gift. Um, 
at the Northwest Paddle Fest, you know, that area in East Seattle is like definitely kind of Microsoft and other like tech industry is there. And uh-huh. So you have what I assume are like, you know, computer programmers and software experts of which some are, you know, definitely new to the States. And like I was putting life jackets on, you know, all sorts of different kids. Some would be like 12 years old and you know, we're really busy. And I would ask the parents, is like, do they swim? You know, can they swim like a 12, 13 year old? And they're like, no. So, you know, you're at this really busy demo day and you have yeah, to put this jacket on. Play right? lifeguard. Yeah. And like, you know, what a gift your kids have in contrast to that. I mean, these kids, actually a few of them I had seen, you know, the year prior. So they're becoming water lovers just by like their one day a year at mm-hmm. this event. But you know, like that's where the life jacket has to fit perfectly. Like I was like, if they flip over, this is like, this is it. Um, so, and then to have your kids just like growing up with gills, basically. Um, <laughs> pretty yeah, cool. it's definitely a gift. I mean, I think I, uh, I started paddling at seven. We had some Boy Scout kayaks that were just always kicking around. And um, just to have that early experience on the water and love for the water and parents that were you know, they weren't freaked out. They were sort of like, okay, you got your life jacket on, you'll float. I remember being in Silver Lake and I was probably nine at the time because I had paddled for a couple of years and testing the stability of my Kiwi kayak. It was, you remember those Kiwis, those little oh, yeah. plastic? And Dwyer. Sit inside, and Dwyer boat. Yeah. And they had uh, literally styrofoam cones on either end for flotation and uh, flipping one of those over in the middle of Silver Lake. And there was nobody on the water with me, which seems so crazy. I can't imagine letting my nine-year-old go out paddling by himself. But I flipped it over and I was fairly close to shore, but still I had to swim it back to shore. Or maybe I tried to get back in, but I didn't have a bilge pump. But knowing that, okay, that was a learning experience. I'm okay. And just moving on. And my parents not freaking out and making a big deal about it. It was like, cool, good job. You made it back to shore. Like, you know, let's work on bracing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know it's like that and like and dwyer in that area of northern cal like people that have been in the industry for a long time and those kiwi kayaks like that was you know one of the very early wreck boats period and yeah. you know that like i hear all the time you know like oh people have inexpensive boats that they bought from walmart they're not going to get into paddling long term and then you know to hear that story for you, and definitely I know how I started in like a little raft with a double-bladed paddle, basically, because they didn't have kids' kayaks. Um, and then this weekend, like that definitely was affirmed to me at Northwest Paddle Fest at the beginning. Like I saw so many customers that said, you know, I have a cheap little Walmart kayak and I want something better. I don't, I don't know. The industry, the people that sell really nice boats try to say, you know, these Walmart boats or box store boats don't give people the proper – experience and i agree i think people take them in places they shouldn't take them mm-hmm. and you know, those companies should be responsible for the education i think like i think i think old town just recently um had to settle with somebody that took a boat out in that situation or dick sporting goods actually but <laughs> they removed the bo- the flotation from the boat so i guess they oh, were wow. <laughs> yeah but um i'm seeing it like i am seeing the upgrade i'm sure some people don't but i hear it no, I completely agree with you. Uh, I don't know if you remember last year. Um, sorry, hang on one sec. Um, I forgot to put my phone on airplane mode. Apologize about that. But last year I did a video called Top 10 Kayaks. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Top 5 Kayaks Under 500 Bucks. And what I purposely did is I went out and I went to all my local box stores and I bought what I thought was a, the best five kayaks under 500 bucks, the best offering 
what I thought would be safe, what I thought would paddle decent. And I did a video review and man, I tell you what, seeing that now, um, after a year of it living online, I think it's got almost 200,000 views. And so many people have reached out to me and said, you know, I bought my first kayak because of that video. And now I'm buying my second or sometimes even third kayak because that got me into the sport. Like having, you know, a knowledgeable person speaking to what cheap kayak I should buy. Uh, you know, I, I had a $200 budget at the time or the $300 budget. And then now I'm able to justify a thousand, a $1,500 kayak because I know I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I just not firsthand, man. It's happening. And that was definitely. And then at the, well, we were setting up, Kurt and I, there were like eight kids at the swimming beach with the little six foot kids kayaks for a hundred bucks out playing in them. Parents were sitting on the towels, watching them paddle back and forth. And so I just, you know, more and more. And I think I used to be one of those people like, oh, oh if they have a bad experience, they won't get into paddling. And then you see like an eight year old out laughing in a kid's boat. I mean, what's bad about that? <laughs> so it's, it's pretty cool. And how young these parents had um, maybe like an eight and a 10 year old and were looking for tandem boats at this demo day. And I'm like, have you talked to your kids about it? They're ready for their own. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I say that all the time. People just assume like, of course their kids were going to paddle together. In fact, at the Eddie line demo, I had a, uh, a seven year old named Joey came out and his mom same things like is there a boat he can paddle in with me and i looked at her and said can i spend 10 minutes with your kid because he'll never get in a boat with you once i'm done with him kind of joking with her and she she laughed and shrugged it off said sure why not and i tell you what i don't know if you saw any pictures of that little kid joey i put him in a rio i gave him a nice light uh aquabound tango paddle and i spent about 15 minutes with him and next thing you know that kid is paddling circles around mom like <laughs> he just got it it clicked he didn't have to uh you know, it's the thing. If you give kids the right gear, they're so naturally aware of their bodies that they they tend to take to kayaking easier. I'd rather teach a nine year old how to paddle than a than a sixty year old, to be honest. Totally, for sure. I mean, they they get it. Oh, I didn't do this no, either. <laughs> yeah, that, that might have. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try to do the same over here. Um, well, that's pretty cool. So you spent a whole day with Nick. That's more than I've seen him in like the last <laughs> eight weeks um, in a whole. Yeah. He's been we've been like communicating by Marco Polo, like crossing paths for like 10 minutes here and there. And now he is where is he? he's in Spokane right now. So he just saw you and like all of NorCal. And now he's headed up to Montana and he'll be in Northwest Montana by the weekend um, doing another event. So he's like, and the coolest thing is he's setting up those trips himself now. Like I just, he's really self-directed. So yeah, you've got an incredible staff. I mean, not only does he, um, you know, set up his own schedule and do that whole thing, but when he's present somewhere, he works as if it's his company or it's, it's, it's his commission checks coming in. Um, you know, I, I had him here for our Eddie line demo night and he walked into my shop. He looked around at all the lines that I sold of, of your guys's, which is uh, suspends, Aquabound, Bindi Branches, Eddie line. And then he proceeded to go to the lake and he set up basically a, a rep showroom at my facility. You know, the suspends tent, the Eddie line tent, every single paddle that we sold suspends boxes, uh, banners. It was so pro. And I got there. I'm like, Oh man, Nick, you didn't have to do all this. Like, you know, I'm I'm not expecting a big crowd. I will be lucky to get 10, 15 people out, you know, on a weeknight. He was like, you know what? I'd do the same if, if it was five or if it was 100. I saw how much that you guys put into selling our product, and I wanted to 
give that same effort. And yeah. I, I don't know if I told you that or not, but I just wanted to say, like, you know, his attitude, the way his mindset is rolling into a, a demo or a retailer, uh, he's really grown a lot in the past few years. And, you know, I, I don't know what you're paying him, but I'd, I'd give him a raise. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. He, yeah, I think, you know, he changed how I approach that, too. You know, he's like, we're setting up a store on the beach. But, you know, he did that. He had to set up every night from Monday night till Saturday morning every day. He set that same thing up. So like six days in a row. I think that's the, you know, that's the big, the big thing that I think people don't always see like the rep or what you, you know, the amount of time you spend setting up and trucking and configuring your rig to, to get it just right. It takes a long time. People see the brief moment of like when it's done, you know, the demo itself. And they don't realize what all goes into it or where this dude's coming from. Like, I remember he came here. He was just, he's like, man, I'm kind of looking for a shower. Like, is there any way I could get a shower before I do this <laughs> thing tonight? I mean, living on the road, sleeping in a van, in random parking lots. Uh, it's definitely a unique lifestyle. It's not for everyone. And hard work, man. He was out till 10 o'clock at night breaking down from that evening demo. Yeah, and then probably drove from there, like, you know, to find a place to crash on the side of the road. Uh, um, I was kind enough to let him sleep in my I, driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I fed him, I, too. All we need is a flat spot. Yeah, the, um, I mean, what a cool way. I mean, he's becoming a master of, of the West, you know, knowing where all of his parking spots are. Um, yeah. The, the repping thing is just, you know, fun that way to... I mean, Montana, particularly where he's headed, like there's just so many spaces to pull off a little more difficult in California. Um, but now he's in like, you know, big sky country. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. We had a good time hanging out together. We, uh, after we were all said and done on Friday night at the Reading demo, uh, we were all loaded up and then we both just sat back and, uh, cracked a beer and finished watching the sun go down. It was basically dust at that point. And uh, I think we both just were like, you know, this life we live is pretty wild, but moments like these and nights like these and what it's all about. You know, it's it when I started. So this is my 20th season of repping. And when I started, like the rep lifestyle was really similar to what you would think like a whitewater boaters lifestyle, except instead of sending up on the river, we're like, you know, sometimes we were. But doing events, we're sending up these events and everybody was like super nomadic bigger rigs and i mean even over the weekend um we did not have it was amazing at northwest paddle fest the johnson rep that was there johnson outdoors i mean that's one of the biggest companies pulled up in a subaru with six boats and confluence did not attend the event so that's dagger perception wilderness systems and it's like you know there's definitely it's it's changing. I don't know. You know, Kurt came strong. Um, the Hobie rep came with his whole rig, and um, Adam Webb, who does Native and Hurricane Strong. But like, I couldn't believe that the two largest that used to be when I started repping, the Confluence rep in California had a 40 foot box trailer. I and, remember. I remember going to a demo day with Confluence in the early days, feeling like I didn't even know they made this many different kinds of kayaks. I mean, he was 60 boats deep. So you guys just did the evening demo concept. I mean, it's really like, you know, where basically it's targeted to a brand. And then I just did the exact opposite, which was like the entire industry Mm -hmm. on a beach at once for people to try to figure it out. 
And I just think more and more these like micro, you know, everybody has tried paddling at this point for the most part. And I don't, you know, the confluence or what was mad river at the time started the demo day concept started from them, which was, you can paddle days and they had box trailers with full like wrap and it basically just introducing, sorry, um, introducing paddling to people because nobody had tried it. You know, everybody, nobody had tried paddling. It was like, what's right. this doing? What's this kayaking about? Now people have tried it and yet we're still kind of trying to do the same concept, the big paddle fest. And I think the reason they did the big paddle fest this weekend was like, Everybody together brings the news out, and there's some promotional value to it. But then what you guys did was the micro, like, if you're interested in this brand, come on down. And it's hard to know which way works best, or maybe it's a, you know, combination of both. Yeah, you get two very different things, you know. Um, when we did our big paddle fest a few weeks ago, it's just waving the banner for a sport. It's like, you know, uh, it's no different than, like, a bike all the bike industry coming together and saying today we're going to ride mountain bikes y'all you've never ridden a mountain bike come on down and try to ride a mountain bike uh, and it's the same thing it's like uh we're just getting people on the water and then the evening demo as far as a, a profitability standpoint I, I feel like it's way more efficient because you get 15 people and you get seven people that end up buying because they're there to try specific things they want that catered information you know they you know, they really want an in-depth experience, whereas, you know, the demo days, like I said, it's it's pony rides, fun playing on boats. You may only see them once a year. What's the right answer, though? I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. They're yeah, I, I always hope that at one point the industry would just gather together and buy a semi-truck and everybody pays for how much space they want in it. <laughs> and, you know, you have a team that's doing the promotional stuff almost separate from you know what nick just did for you like almost like a, i wonder if you could do have like a non-profit like like you say you can paddle too and it's a non-profit companies pay to put their boats in the semi and they can drive around and basically introduce paddle sports to people i don't know and then they could partner up with retailers along the way if like it's tough if, some if, of the if people... i wanted to host a you can paddle too demo i could like set them up at lodi lake and show them a good time and pay for the music but they show up at the boats on Friday, the event that I was at, Northwest Paddle Fest, they had a Friday from 2 to 7 p.m. Um, it was open. So, you know, it, the idea always is like, oh, it's a little more laid back. Shop employees can go paddle. And I think because the customer knew what Saturday would be, which is 80 degrees and just mobbed, I had never been more busy at 2 o'clock on a Friday. Like, we got mobbed with qualified customers so even the customers are starting to, I think, look for like a more catered experience when they're really trying to do an informed purchase. And that was what Friday was. We were so busy and everybody was like, they'd walk up to me and just be like, I want to try Skylark in Rio. Boom. <laughs> it was nice. It was pretty cool. Um, and like, then, this is a thermoformed kayak. It's different <laughs> from a plastic kayak or whatever. With none of that. They were super qualified. And then Saturday, there were some people that probably couldn't get away on a Friday that were educated on what they wanted to try. And then the, there was a sea of people that just wanted to play on the water. And that's always the hardest thing. Uh, but then it's over and down the road we go to the next one. Yeah, exactly. What's next for you, man? So we'll do, um, you know, Disneyland <laughs> for yeah, three, that's a big one. during the week. I'm going to try to be as present to that. And then 
Um, you know, it shifts into, I have a few events in June, but funny enough, like most of the big events, like, you, you know, yours just took place already are kind of behind us. April, May, the first week of June, I'm already presenting 2020 products. And then oh, the, really? outdoor, yeah, the outdoor retailer trade show in Denver, which isn't as much paddle sports anymore, but that's the week of like June 17th. So starting June 1st, I'm on to 2020. <laughs> it's, so that's sort of like how your season breaks up a little bit. I mean, I understand your job a little bit, but obviously it's completely different from what I do in the retail world. You sell from June to what, October is when you're kind of riding preseason, presenting new products. Yeah. And then the following year, you're basically helping the vendors sell the products that you've already sold them. That's pretty much in training them along the way. That's, uh -huh. that's I think a lot of people, you know, there's different types of sales reps. Like some are what you call in-house and they're like salaried by the company and that's all they do and drive around with that one brand. It's like, I think a lot of like the Yakima and stuff has gone to that way, like Yakima Racks. And then NRS, there's, I think. Yep. And then there's what I am is like the independent contracted rep. So I'm, you know, a tax filing a 1099 with a bunch of different brands. So every decision I make to go on the road literally comes directly out of my pocket. The demo fleet, the vehicle, everything does. And then I'm purely 100% compensated monthly by commissions. And it's been that way for 20 years. I never know what's coming in the mail. <laughs> and wow. like, you know, in the early days, you know, it was just squeaking by. And then, you know, slowly you add more lines and you get a reputation and then you add more lines. So for me, you know, even doing an event, like, should I go to this? There is like a bit of an ROI. Like, does this pay off, whether it's long term or is this dealer such a good partner that even if the event is just kind of expensive to attend on our end, just this is how they want to use us. And maybe I can train the staff while I'm there. And then, yeah, by June, I'm starting to like, I have a few events still weekends, which is really hard because I'm still hauling around some of the current product, but then also carrying some of the new stuff. And by July, I'm trying to write orders for the next year all the way till I always tell my companies like by Thanksgiving, I give up writing orders. And if you got them in great, and if you didn't like you're going to have longer lead times and worse margins. So yeah. um, that's kind of how I go. And then winter, like December, I get a bit of time to play and January, the um, sportsmen's and like the indoor trade shows like that ISE show you go to. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you always do that. What Seattle boat show, I think. Yep. Yeah. And like in end of January. And so we do those indoor shows and then it goes in right into the demo season again. And that's been like 20 years. And when I took the job, I was working at Alder Creek kayak and I remember the canoe rep at the time was retiring. He's like, you should try this. And I opened up their books and did, you know, I knew what my commissions were going to be. And I opened up all their Creek's books for Eddie line and bell canoes at the time, because I was working in their like receiving department. So I had kind of the preseason orders sitting there uh -huh. and I did the quick percentages of, and I was like, Oh, I can make more just with this store driving around with a truck and trailer than I can sitting in the store. But like, but that yeah, was my, like that was my line, you know. It was not much, believe me. But I was like, I'll buy a truck. I'm gonna try this for a summer, and that's 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. And then I ran across Nick on the ski hill. Our two kids were snowboarding like on the little hike up area, and the guy just had like the total gift of gab. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I joked that he's like a, he's literally like a uh, walking cartoon character. This guy, 
it just brings a different energy than anybody I've ever met. He's hilarious. We'll get him on the podcast. I think he's doing a uh, clinic right now. But he, yeah, he, we like went and had hot chocolate with the kids. And as he's pulling stuff out of his backpack, he was like sales pitching me on how he does like his thermos and stuff. And I'm just listening to this. And then I was like, you love snowboarding, huh? And he's like, yeah. I was like, you want to know how you snowboard a lot? He's like, how? Oh. And I was like, you rep kayaks in the summer. And then, <laughs> <laughs> love it. And I took him to an event the next weekend here in town, and I gave him like an hour clinic before the event. And at five minutes into the event, he was like qualifying customers, repeating and making his own what I had kind of just told him for the first time ever. And I was like, yeah. whoa, this guy's got it. So. That that was about, I don't know, five, six years ago. And I'm going to try. His wife, Kelly, is – they're like such a good little team. She's had some jobs around town. And I think I'm going to try to bring them on as a team. And you know, I, I noticed that a little bit this year. They've been traveling more together. Uh, um, and she does a really good job helping him run his Instagram. I mean, he's always taking photos. And he's got his nice camera out. But he's also got so much going on. And he's always traveling. So to have somebody like while you're driving – editing photos and keeping posts going. I mean, I, I think it potentially could be a really good team. I, I mean, husband and wife working together, you never quite know, but, uh, but they're definitely fun to follow and, uh, they're out there doing that, man. They're living the life. Yeah. His, uh, his Instagram and hers is at Narspot and at Miss Narspot. So they're fun to follow for sure. And their, their daughter Parker, you know, she goes right along with them. So it'd be kind of a cool lifestyle if I could, try to help promote that well you know and, and what what i think is cool about that is the fact that it's not just a job it is a lifestyle and that the the willingness to do that and it keeps them together as opposed to like hey dad's going to go on the road for two three weeks at a time instead it's like we're traveling as a family we live out of this van it's kind of a unconventional lifestyle but we're making it work and we're doing it together um i think that's pretty cool man well, the bigger, you know, I'd be fine to, for her, you know, adding the salary is not as big a deal. But as you look at that van and you go, okay, wait, now we're putting three people in this. Yeah. I, th- I think they'd have to go to what I run, which is like a full-size truck dually with a camper and a box trailer. And so that's the, the leap of faith I would have to make because the way I have him set up is a full employee. And so that, you know, buying the vehicle for him is on me. And yeah, so right figure that out but you know the van life doesn't really work when the whole family's in there and kid might have to go to the bathroom and stuff so i'll buy that old trailer from you if that's a deal man you got that trailer uh i watch how nick sets it up it's it's a exposed trailer with racks on the outside all the product goes down in this bay below and it's all like led lit like that thing's legit i'll buy that trailer in a heartbeat if you decide to sell it I'm going to drive that when he, when it gets off the road, I'm going to bring it right back to the place in town and just say, replicate this again, but make the bars like three inches wider. Cause I lost a canoe off of it last year. <laughs> uh, it just like, cause the strap was just at the very end of where it should be. Um, you know, we'll probably keep that too, but yeah, you can't have too many trailers. I know, um, man. It's, it's, it's the, it's, uh, the finding the perfect setup to transport and outfit employees to do this work is, is always hard and impossible. We run like a little Malone trailer on a RAV4. That's like my boathouse managers run around town, do quick paddles, like guiding, stuff like that. And then we've got the Sprinter van, which is by far the biggest workhorse of the shop. And then we've got uh, two diesel trucks and two box trailers of different sizes. And then I've got my little blue van, which is sort of like like usual. I'm in here podcasting, 
working on emails and uh you know hauling boats back and forth to the warehouse i kept i mean that equipment people are like how do you get into repping and i was like go to like auto repair school and become an expert on vehicles that that would be my rep like or you know if somebody contacted me and was like I have a full-size truck and a kayak trailer. How can I help you? Because I've had people that want to help me, but they don't have the equipment. And like that, it's, it is all equipment. I have actively at any given time, 38 tires in active rotation, like actively being used right now. You know, what was funny, Ethan. I was about to say that I go to the tire shop as much as I take my wife out to dinner. (laughs) Yeah. Probably more. (laughs) it's i never knew how good we have the les schwab up here and it happens to be like a mile and a half from my house so i can drop a vehicle skateboard home get another one like that is actually a major convenience thing for me (laughs) to have them as close as uh as they are and it's just nonstop replacing tires um yep i know i'm on a first name basis with everyone i've got bill and dennis and uh they're like do you need a ride home or you got your bike today because it's same it's like right around the corner from my shop but yeah, you think about all those vehicles and all those trailers and greasing bearings, man, it's a, you almost need like a, a fleet of people just like maintaining your stuff. Well, we've been coming strong to events like this year in a big way. Nick and I came together to a few because, you know, if I could show up with only one demo model, like an Eddie Line Skylark, and someone takes it out and decides that they're going to go have a two hour joy ride instead of a 10 yep. minute taste test, like yep. I'm out for two hours. So we've been coming together and bringing like a lot of stuff to a few events and it's just helpful to have both nick and i there we can get a like maybe a little lunch quick break in and stuff um but yeah it requires a ton of equipment i mean i think that's the biggest challenge with repping is you get to a stage and you start doing this kind of stuff where it's like i'm gonna put two trucks two trailers on the road at all time maybe even a husband wife team but you've grown your business and this happens to so many reps they kind of get high on the hog living that lifestyle and then one brand goes away and you know, something changes. Perhaps the company decides to like this territory is big enough. Let's go in house. And so all these decisions I make, I still in the back of my head have this like, Oh, I better be conservative because maybe that day is coming. Yeah. And it, it does, it does. You know, you're always thinking, I mean, for you, your store, I don't think like the next year you're going to lose 30% of your income or 40% of your income from something. Maybe a fire could cause that like it did up in Reading, right? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Last year, yeah. lost 40% with those fires in Reading. Yeah, that's tra- I mean, that's so tragic because all the overhead is the same, same with me in that case. So that's kind of the, it's great to be a 1099. You're like your own boss. You're kind of like a walking, talking tax deduction. But I've always continued to be like, I'm sleeping on the road and eating out of a cooler because you never know when <laughs> you you have to go back to that. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's good, man. You stay true to your roots and, uh, you know, you don't get too big for your britches. I think that's where a lot of us can uh, get ourselves into trouble is kind of ent- that entrepreneur like, all right, I've really made it. You just expect those numbers to keep growing and the thing to keep uh, keep trucking along and you can get yourself in trouble. You know, I try to like you try to have things that are paid off. If I can't afford to buy it cash, I got to really decide, do I need that? And uh, I've made some mistakes along the way, like that RV. <laughs> but well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the best down now. I think the, the one I did a few years ago, which was like, all right, I'm good. Is I decided like, you know, you said Nick needed a shower and like four or five years ago, I was coming out of the Olympic peninsula and I was just all salty from doing an event up there on, you know, open water, salt water. And I was just, it was just 
itchy to the point. Like I had been driving like up there for three days in the water up to my, I was like, I need a shower. And I took like a cold water shower at a state park. And I decided like, I no longer need hot water. I was like, if I could give up the need for hot water showers. <laughs> and so I took, and I use like a bunch of the Tropicana orange juice jugs in my cooler. Like, so I don't have turkey falling in water. Cause I learned that the hard way once, um, by using cooler water to try to cool myself that it had had cold cut turkey floating in it for a while Uh, yeah and like basted myself so anyway what I do is I use these (laughs) orange juice jugs and then I keep a few extra lids around and I drilled holes in the lids and I keep those like just off to the side and then when I need a quick shower I just switch the lid to like the one that has 10 holes in it and (laughs) orange juice Tropicana shower (laughs) I've seen this firsthand and I'm always like, what in the hell is he doing? Like, but yeah, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta have your systems when you're on the road. <laughs> yeah. And the, um, weed sprayer, that's another good way to like give yourself an on the road shower. I mean, I think now companies are doing stuff like that, right? Pressurized tanks, but, um, just trying yeah. to keep a system that doesn't break is key. So, yeah, I feel like if it's simple, you use it and it works and you and I are the same. There's some people that can have like a really fancy elaborate system and it works for them. Like my mom and dad are that way. They travel all the time and they have all sorts of stuff. My dad's very mechanical and like the, the solar power goes out, like he'll fix it, you know, whereas you and I, I think are the kind of guys like if something breaks, I just need to throw it in the back and keep trucking. I got to get to the next thing I was doing. And when you're traveling on the road and you have stuff breaking all the time, it's just, it's just constant headache, especially when you finally get downtime, now you're like, ah, oh, I got to go fix that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's with my truck camper. I have an Arctic Fox truck camper. I don't use the refrigerator. I just use a cooler. Um, and I don't use the running water system at all because my last camper, I once had a water pump break and like basically flooded the whole bottom of the camper that became mold later on. So yep. I just, I basically just use like water jugs and spray bottles and things like that. Keep it uh, simple. I'm sure there's people out here thinking we're totally crazy, but man, I tell you what, like you and I, the busyness of our lives is, uh, is unparalleled to, to many folks that I know, like, like just doing this podcast right now, I'll probably miss out on 20 calls, messages and things that I'll need to respond to. And I'm sure you're in the same boat. Yep. And I gotta, I gotta pack up for Mickey land. Um, well, I, I think it's awesome that you made some time today. I don't, I don't know if we had other things you wanted to cover, but I appreciate you making the time. I know you're uh, getting ready to head out on that big road trip, so I don't want to keep you too long. It was cool to catch up. I don't, you know, we'll, um, there wasn't a lot of gossip that kind of hit in the industry. I was thinking like, oh, what is one company doing? What is the other one? I think the next, over the next two months, though, we're going to get some big announcements. I think something's going down with some of the big companies. Um, I think SUP is going to continue to evolve. Like we're going to definitely have some bigger industry stuff to talk about. I think everyone's just headed, you know, has their uh, nose to the grindstone doing events. So uh, let's keep in touch with on that as well. And uh, yeah, enjoy the weather down there. Uh, it's supposed to, I think, I think we're finally over like in the Northwest. The We have a little bit of cold weather today, but then it's going to just go full, you know, Memorial Day and on is really the meat and potatoes of the season. So. Right. Yeah. I know we've had a good year and we haven't even hit Memorial Day yet. And I'm actually excited. We have rain and rain and overcast for four days. And uh, uh, we've just been so busy that I'm like, man, I hope it snows in Lodi because I need to catch up on all the things that aren't getting done because we're so busy working with customers. 
like my top 10 kayaks under a thousand dollars video is normally out every year in April. And here we are almost the third week of May and I've had the kayaks for a month. I just haven't had time. So definitely have some catching up to do. Are you going to go buy more? Um, I'd be curious to have you review the Costco fleet of stuff. I almost went in and bought everything they have and do, you know, do here's everything from Costco. Um, review, you You know, for a thousand bucks and just go demo it. And I mean, probably return it not that i would i would sell it off and do the right thing but one have could you, have <laughs> you had have you been like more and more like a new conversation piece i heard someone's like oh i love those shoes you're wearing where'd you get them and like the answer is like oh my algorithm presented it to me you know like the social media ad- algorithm presented it and it hit me so many times that i finally had to buy them and the other day my I was, wife is that way my wife is like i'm like where did you get that or where did you even hear about this new thing and she's like oh it came across my instagram feed my algorithm presented it to me and, you know, beat me up to the point. The other day I was like, what if I just, as I'm going through my feed, bought everything that was suggested to me? Like I could return it, but like just, you know, like three posts down from yours. It's like buy these waterproof rain pants that zip off shorts 50% off. Okay. And just like buy it all. I mean, it's all credit card. You could return it and just like <laughs> let your algorithm for a day just like fill your mailbox with garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have a I would have a lot of lifetime kayaks in my shop because the new there's a new sit on top fishing kayak that every third post on Facebook is uh, Dick Sporting Goods trying to sell me this kayak and I don't know if it's because I talk about it or I did that YouTube video but Dick Sporting Goods is pretty sure that I want this lifetime kayak with a chair I think it's like a Teton angler or oh yeah something like that yep that's their new boat I was just with their R and D like head of engineering he was up at the Northwest Paddle Fest just kind of checking out what's new he was over at the Hobie booth and. Chris was like, oh, I talked to somebody from Lifetime. Like, he's super nice. I was like, he's like, oh, I was just asking some questions, looking around. I was like, you just got cased for 45 minutes by like the biggest company's lead R&D engineer. It's <laughs> 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 like, I mean, no, Ed, you know, Ed, he owns Hobies, so he's a big fan of them anyhow. But uh, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, all right. One of these days, I'm just going to let, let the credit card ride and just buy my whole algorithm feed and see what I end up with. All right. <laughs> but well, it's fun, man. I think those kind of videos, like when we do that sort of stuff, like you and I always have those joking ideas. That is the stuff that makes viral YouTube videos, man. I'm telling you, is just like, sure, that would be fun, but would somebody ever do it? And then do it and then make a video about it. That's right. going to be the plan for this year. All right. We'll do it. Well, I mean, I have, I'll have good practice for it this week because I'm going to Disney. Um, our friend Tom Strauss that owned Emotion Kayaks, he's like, Ethan, get ready just to sprinkle hundreds. Like, he's like, the first day I thought I was robbed. And then he's like, he went through it. And he's like, oh, yeah, we spent 80 bucks there, 100 bucks. Like, <laughs> Somebody stole $1,000 out of my wallet today. Yeah, I was like, All yeah, I was like, yeah, three dogs. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, oh, cool, dude. Well, have a great week. Happy paddling, right? All right, man. Happy paddling. Sorry, Dax is uh, getting feisty here. All right. See you then. We'll talk later. Bye.